Iguodala, and here it comes. He got it! The Warriors have won on a game-winning shot by Andre Iguodala! Live in the entertainment capital of the world. A Smith screen. Posey will defend. Oh! LeBron James with no record for human life! It's the T.C. Martin Show. Time to get your daily prescription from the doctor. And Saul says, pay pass a big ticket. T.C. Martin. Oh, here comes the Birdman. Flapping his wings and soaring for a sweet flush. When you're aerodynamically designed with that hairdo, you can do those kinds of things. With that sweet mohawk. The doctor is now in. Unos, dos, tres. Ole. Ole. President's Day. Happy President's Day. Is that a thing? Happy President's Day. A lot of businesses are closed today, so are, ba- are banks open? <laughs> I did not go to a bank today, so I cannot answer that question. Uh, I believe banks are closed today. Okay. But you know who's open? Every restaurant's open today, my friend. That's right. And apparently us. <laughs> and us. Well, some people are open. Yeah. Some people show up for work. Some don't. You know, th- there are some shows that take today off. I don't know. This is a it's a big sports day today because we get there, to, there is yeah. You look at the schedule. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> half of the NHL card's gone already. We have a lot to talk about here today. We've got NBA All Star Weekend that we are going to recap at length in detail today, and uh, this is a pretty big topic. Not only just in the NBA or in the basketball world, but from a national perspective, because everyone has an opinion on that. So uh, as we traditionally do each and every Monday after the All-Star Game, it's almost like a terrible Tuesday. We get to uh, bitch, moan, and complain a little bit. And uh, we will definitely do our part on that as we recap the NBA All-Star Weekend from everything that went on there. And uh, we will talk a little college basketball as well, because as we talked about on Friday, we've turned the page now, going from football to basketball, where I think everybody kind of now, okay, get ready for March Madness. It's right around the corner, and uh, we get ready for all that coming up here. And uh, we'll talk about the uh, card tonight. Marco D'Angelo in the house, and from a betting perspective, we will talk to Chuck Esposito over at Red Rock a little bit later on. And then today, we will revisit with our good friend or my good friend Darnell Hillman who was on the show last week the very first NBA slam dunk contest champion and who was a judge in the slam dunk uh, dunk contest on Saturday night so Darnell will rejoin us today as we talked to him last week about the hype and getting ready to judge the very uh, judge the slam dunk contest for the first time after being the first time winner back in 1977. So I thought it would be cool to have him back on today as uh, we get now his thoughts since he was pretty rudely ripped and all of the judges were ripped for the dunk contest. So a lot to hit on with that. Well, TC, uh, you know how much of the all-star festivities I watched this weekend? Zero. I watched the uh, Sabrina uh, and Curry Steph uh, challenge the three point, and that was the extent of me. Uh, we talked about this Friday. This is a All Star weekend that I don't 
I really don't get excited about. Uh, I don't like watching a game where nobody plays defense. And as we talked uh, with John Murray on Friday, you know, when they set that number, could they set a number high enough? Well, no, they couldn't. All right, so let's talk about the NBA All-Star Weekend. All right, so we had the game on Sunday. We had the slam dunk contest and the three-point shootout on Saturday. Future game, celebrity game on Friday, which uh, Asia Wilson uh, was the assistant coach. I tried to watch a little bit of that game. Didn't see too much of Asia. Saw Stephen A. Smith, like, rolling around and Shannon Sharp on the other side. All right, but here's what the story is regarding this. Adam Silver, the commissioner of the NBA, had pressured everyone involved that's associated with this game and pleaded players to put out effort and let's have a competitive game. Because if you go back to last year, the All-Star game had abysmal ratings. It was downright terrible television ratings. So he wanted to try to make it as much of a normal game as possible. Now, of course... You, it takes two to tango, or maybe in this case, you know, at least 10 to tango because the players are not really interested in that. So knowing that this is going to be a subject of conversation, he did not want to face this day, the following Monday, where everyone is ripping the NBA again and ripping the all-star game performance. And here's the thing. He wanted a competitive game. He wanted these players to play some semblance of defense. He wanted to be like a normal game. So instead, here's what we got. East 211, West 186, a combined 397 points. Marco, what would you say the total was in this game? I have to look that up. I think it was 280-something when we talked. Friday yeah, it was the, below 300, right? It was 287 or 286. Now, I'll confirm. Are you yeah. sure? You would think it would be even higher than that because wasn't last year, didn't one team score 196 last year? One team scored 196 because I was thinking, oh, whoa. This is the first time they broke 200. Yeah. yeah. They did set a record but it was, with that. But I believe it was 196 last year somebody had. So that would be a pretty low total if one team got 196. So, but I know. I, I am. I, the total on, sun, on Sunday's game. 353. It was 353, yeah. yeah. I, I oh, knew it was in the 300s. Okay. three. Well, then they did play defense. Yeah. <laughs> Thomas still flew over by 40-some-odd points. <laughs> 397. Uh, I can tell that you don't, don't wager I don't much care. on I don't, I All-Star don't care games. And you know what? I'm going to give you a nomination because I'm never on your show on Tuesday yeah. for you know Terrible Tuesday. The NHL commissioner, for only having one game scheduled on Friday night, this whenever it was NBA weekend yeah. and you had a dead because Friday night's a huge NBA card right most of the time and then you got a, just a few college basketball games to compete with why would you not showcase your league on a night that you could you didn't have competition they had one game in in the one of the opponents you had Carolina a good team playing Arizona a bad team right right <sighs> the score at the end of the first quarter in this game last night. Was fifty three to forty seven, a hundred points were scored in the first quarter. Do the math. You're thinking, wow, four <laughs> hundred. I mean, real. I mean, three fifty three ninety seven is ridiculous, and, and that's where it got. It got to that that pace. Do you know how many three point attempts there were? Oh uh, yes, I do. 
I'll tell you exactly. So, you know, scoring was on display. No defense whatsoever. You had incredible shooting. You had 57% from the East, 56% from the West. Your three-point numbers, here you go. Uh, the East shot 43%, 42 for 97. 97 for the East. The West put up 71, so they were 35 of 71. That is 168 three-point field goals. 168 threes. And remember, we've been bitching and moaning here last this last year or so with the NBA, like, oh, my God, these teams combined for 80 threes. Well, what do you expect? It's a free-for-all. 168 threes. Without looking at the box score. Okay. How many foul shots were there? In four. The- five. <laughs> Between the two teams. I thought there was four. I thought somebody was th- oh, three for four and one for one, right? So five? That's Is that, did I get the right? Somebody was three. I think the three rest of four was, and one and one. That's yeah. Five, yeah. So that's so five. Four or five. There you go. Five. Five. five, five. five. That's good. Yeah. So the, nobody drove the lane and right. got you know challenged. Right. <laughs> it was Ole. <laughs> Just two hundred and eighty nine shots attempted in this game. Like you mentioned, five free throws. Uh, I kind of gave up on the game. I wanted to see the pomp and circumstance, and you know, I watched probably the whole first half. I didn't realize that Carl Anthony Towns had 50 points. He had 40 of them in the second half. 50 points. He was 23 for 35. And, of course, Tyrese Halliburton, he was the show. He was the Indiana Pacer. Came over from Sacramento, which I never, no one understood why the Kings let him go to Indianapolis. uh, But they did. Uh, Damian Lillard just had MVP on his mind. He got the MVP of 39 points. But Here's the, where the problem is, okay? This is an all-star game, and the millennials, the current players, they have no idea or the assemblance of their predecessors because they weren't old enough to watch <laughs> Kareem Abdul-Jabbar play, to watch Pete Maravich play, to watch Elvin Hayes and Wes Unseld. And if you want to go later on, Akeem Olajuwon, uh, Clyde Drexler, Michael Jordan, they, they, they never watch these guys play. All right. And the all-star game has been bad for the better part of the last 15 to 20 years. It's been like this. Anthony Edwards admitted that he's not gonna, he's not playing hard. Here's his quote. He goes, for me, it's an all-star game. So I'll never look at it as being super competitive. It's always fun. I don't know what they can do to make it more competitive. I don't know. I think everyone looks at it like it's a break. So I don't think everyone wants to come here and compete. This is what Adam Silver and even David Stearns, when he was a commissioner, he was alive, what they had to deal with. They, They had to deal with this fraction or you know this these players these days of not wanting to go out there and compete and everyone will always use what as an excuse injuries right oh i don't want to get hurt you know injuries these guys play harder in pickup basketball games in the summer if you go down like to some of these universities i'll use ucla as an example because we would always hear uh, and Matt Barnes talked about this when he was on the show, how he would go down to UCLA in the summertime and compete with Kobe Bryant and and, and, and other people. 
all right, during the course of the summertime. And these were ball games, all right? I mean, you would even have some NBA players that would go out to the Rucker tournament in New York City, and they would play harder. So I don't want to hear about, oh, we're afraid of getting injured. Because you play really, really hard when you're trying to get in shape offensively and defensively when you're getting ready for your NBA season. Why can't you do it like this in the All-Star game? And why can't you do it like your predecessors did it going back into the 50s, the 60s, the 70s, the 80s, and maybe even into the early 90s when they played hard, when they had pride, and they actually wanted to compete. They wanted to compete. It was an honor to be an All-Star. And look how many of, of the former, you know, the guests that we have the guests that we have on the show. And they said, it's, I can't even watch it because they played in that era. And they said, because it was an honor to be named an all-star as all-star to be teammates with these guys, but as all-star to represent your team. Cause remember back in those days, you would wear your team Jersey. Mm-hmm. You wear your team Jersey. All right. If you were the away team designated away team, you wore the dark color. If you were the designated home team, you wore the white colors. Uh, and, 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 and you competed hard. And there was a little bonus, you know, whether it was twenty, twenty-five, or fifty thousand dollars, that meant a lot to these players. And it was a pride thing as well, too. And here's another thing that you did this for the fans. Well, now the modern day player could care less about any of this stuff. Well, you compare two different eras, and the thing that we always compare to, and the question every NBA guy that you've had on at one point in time, you've asked them or I've asked them the same question about load management and you know they would well, everybody would tell you to a T if it wasn't until the last couple games of the season we played you know if we had everything wrapped up yeah we would take a break maybe the last couple games of the season to get ready for the playoffs but that's the nature of the NBA player today they're making you know so much money that you know when you said like you know whether it was 25,000 or 50,000 that meant a lot to players in those days mm-hmm. That's a trip to the, a nightclub in Vegas. I, I mean, I'm not exaggerating. No, I, I know, I know, but it, it's it's really not about the money. Yeah. It, it's not about the money anymore. I just use that as a, an example where you you have to find some motivation. If you're Adam Silver, okay, what is going to motivate these players to do it? And here's the thing: I, I commend him for trying to come down hard on these guys and say, "Hey, listen, we need to do this." But and I wonder if Numchuk can find this too. The Adam Silver when he presented the the trophy, the MVP trophy to Damian Lillard last night. If you watched this, or if you saw this, he was mad. He was upset. He was ticked off. It was like because I told you guys this is what I wanted. We need to change the narrative. We just we need a ball game. We need competitiveness. And we need you guys to take it seriously. It can't be a circus show. And when he presented that trophy at the end, I believe, and again, I'm paraphrasing here, but it was like, well, uh, congratulations. Uh, you guys scored the most points. <laughs> yeah. And if, if you if you watch his face and you hear in the tone of his, his voice, when he's presenting uh, the, the trophy, he's not happy at all. Damian Lillard. So that that's Damian Lillard being presented the the uh, MVP for scoring 39 points, 11 of 23 shooting. But uh, he, he does present 
um, I believe a trophy to you know to the winning team or, or whatever. But yeah, he was, you know, and th- those were his words. It was like, well, congratulations, you scored a lot of points, or you scored more points than, than them. Anyway, this this should be it. Let's hear it. Adam Silver after the game yesterday. And to the Eastern Conference All Stars, you scored the most points. Well, congratulations. And <laughs> how about that? There it is. And the look on his face is like, wow. You know, now it, it was lackluster. I don't know if you watched any of it, no. Marco. You don't want, and, and again, I know I, I get that, but I am still one of those guys that does enjoy the NBA. I don't watch it very much during the regular season. They've kind of driven me away from it. But of course, I'll watch the playoffs. I'll watch the finals. And it's guys like Steph Curry and and the current Warriors teams, and I've said this before, that have kept me around. You know, that has kept me around. But I still like, you know, to go back and, 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 you know, honor the the old All-Star games. But in a lot of times, you know, again, like you mentioned, well, there's really not much else going on. Your college basketball is done for that Sunday. It's you know it's uh, on an island by itself at 5 p.m. on Sunday night. Okay, yeah, let, let's watch it. And they do a pretty good job of honoring a lot of the former guys. Like I said, you know, Darnell Hillman, Dominique Wilkins being judges in slam dunk contests, that sort of thing. You see Reggie Miller, Larry Bird, Oscar Robertson there. And, and that's another thing. I mean, the way they started that broadcast, Reggie comes out here. And they took, you know, three guys that have Indiana ties. That was really cool. And then he goes, okay, I'm, I'm going to, you know, dish it off to, you know, Oscar, Oscar Robertson here. And Oscar said like one line. And then Larry Bird comes back and says, uh, okay, Indiana, start your engines. Oh. Like, come on. <laughs> I mean, Reggie gives like a minute and a half oh. heartfelt speech. Oscar gets one lame pre-scripted line and the Larry Bird gets a pre-scripted line. I mean, it's they got to do better with this. They they, they got to do better. So wait, were you watching the actual broadcast or were you watching the I don't even know what that crazy show was on all the other channels. So the the alternate broadcast the, yeah, the and, alter- and then remember, you had uh, that's where Barkley was on and then Twitter X, whatever you want to call it, had their broadcast and do you see who was on that? No. Sydney Colson. Oh, Sid. Yeah, Sid, Sid was up there. So I, I caught a little bit of that, uh, both, but for the most part, I was listening to, uh, the main broadcast, uh, with Brian Anderson and Candace Parker. How cool is that that you have two aces doing the NBA All-Star game on different platforms? Uh, thought that was pretty cool. And of course, Asia Wilson, you know, coaching and assistant coach in the celebrity game on the Friday before. But anyway, uh, so no one's interested in this. The players are not interested. Here's probably the best quote. Anthony Davis. What do you think he was so excited about in this game? This is awesome. He says, I think the best moment was, and I didn't see this because I guess it was in between periods. I don't know if it was a commercial. I gave up on the game. I think the best moment was the Bulls and the Pacers dunkers with the trampoline. They were very, very impressive. (laughs) Does that say it all? Now, coming from Chicago... I know those people. Those people are awesome. Yeah. I love those yeah. dunkers. Yeah. Yeah. So you know what I'm talking about. Yes. Yeah. And so I guess they had like maybe a dunk off between the Pacers and the Bulls and you know, the two cities that are closest to Indianapolis. And yeah. Great showmanship there. That was it. Sorry I missed it. <laughs> All right. No, you're not. All right. So let's be serious here. Okay. The pros and the cons. 
what are the pros? What were the pros of the all-star game yesterday? And, and what, are, what are the pros of this idea of, of having an all-star game? The fans, it's not for me, it's not a game that I enjoy watching, but I would say that if you polled more fans, do they want to see a high scoring game or do they want to see a defensive game? Fans are going to, they want to see those, you know, poster dunks and all of that. So it makes it entertaining for them, but it's not my cup of tea. Okay. So, okay. I'm going to go two questions here. One is when you were a kid, all right, were you, a NBA fan, and were you watching NBA All Star games? No, and the reason being is Pittsburgh had no ba- no pro basketball. Team. What, are you, what are you talking about? They had the Pisces. <laughs> what are you talking about? They had the Pittsburgh Pisces. You had Dr. J. You had Mona. You did not watch that. What is that? Is this Pittsburgh Civic Auditorium, Civic Arena, Civic Arena. Yeah, there it is. Which happened whenever the Penguins finally stopped playing there. That was the oldest. NHL stadium when they they quit it was it needed to go. They had the retractable opening. Do you remember they filming that? It. Do you remember filming? Did they actually film that in Pittsburgh? Probably not. Huh? I believe they did because I I can remember you know the having uh, people for the you know cast to fill the stands. Oh yeah, yeah. You could have been shooter. <laughs> no, I couldn't. Have. <laughs> no, I couldn't. Have. All right, so I'm going to take the opposite side of that because. Resoundingly, you're hearing. Okay, the, if you watched the game yesterday, the fans were not cheering. Okay, maybe the first quarter because okay, yeah, but there was it, even that applause there at the end. The fans don't want to see this. They don't want to see the high flying dunks and this and that. They don't want to see the turnovers. They don't want to see that. Uh, I will say this: the pros for me were the three point shooting. The three point shooting was amazing, and yes, the percentages bear that out. Because all there that's, that's all there was, right? But my point is, you very easily could put up. What did we say? How many three-point shots? Uh, 190. 168, Yeah, 168. Right? Okay. When you have one team that's shooting 43% from the field and 35%, and those are not your garden variety threes. We saw Damian Lillard shoot 35. Damn, put two half quarters right. up. Half quarters, 40-footers. Steph Curry comes in. I mean. Joker did something crazy from the other side. But the shooting was spectacular. The shooting was incredible. I mean, so to me, that was great. If they were shooting like 15, 20%, that'd say it's garbage. It's just a matter of time before you connect on some. So the three-point shooting was great. The assists were great. The passing, we saw some, some beautiful, like fast break passing. We saw, you know, you know, passes, you know, off the wood, you know, as I said, wood, not glass. Um, <laughs> I'm glad it wasn't the, gla- the wood yeah. or the glass. Yeah. They did, the, they did wood for the game itself, but you saw a, a lot of that good stuff. All right. And then for me, going back to the conference affiliations where it was Western Conference versus Eastern Conference and they got rid of the team LeBron, team that, I mean, that, that drove me nuts. So Silver's trying to take these things. But when you look at the cons, okay, not taking it seriously, define the commissioner. That is not good. The game did not start till 545. If you tried to bet on this game, Marco, you couldn't bet on it after five o'clock because they put a five o'clock thing on there because it was supposed to start at five. You had your pregame show from four to five. It's supposed to start at five, five oh five. The game didn't start till five forty five. As a matter of fact, the NBA is the only league that I know that is never on time. Seriously, every other sport, when they give you a time, it's gonna start on that time. The NBA, even their regular season games, 
they don't start on time. It is really weird. You mean they're not doing 702 game times? No, they don't abide by that. I know. You know what I'm saying? It's always like 705 is pressed to 708 to 712 to 722. A perfect example of this. So, yeah, the game didn't start on time. And then here's the thing. Adam Silver knows there's a problem. And I appreciate him you know, trying to do this. But now the big question is for everyone out there, okay, what do you do? Okay, because it is, like you said, it's gone by the way of the NFL Pro Bowl. Okay, Major League Baseball star game. We talked about that last week, how it's, you know, that is deteriorated as well, too. But it's still the game, and you're getting players not taking it seriously. And Fox and the other broadcast partners aren't helping matters when they want to do interviews in the middle, you know, while plays going on, players mic'd up. So it's, it's really, I see it as being a product of society. Where society and these players are saying, listen, man, you're not going to tell us what to do. We don't care. I'll throw another thing in there that a lot of people probably don't, uh, are aware of that the players and uh, the players association and the owners in the NBA, they tried to make some concessions. They said, listen, in order for us to have an all star game, we need you guys to, to, to commit, to play hard. And to to give better effort, they kept using the word effort. Well, offensively, you saw some effort, but for the most part, again, it just wasn't a cohesive effort. But the NBA used to have all of these media, um, you know, situations for these players. Okay, you got to come in on Thursday. You got to be part of this, almost like the NFL does with Super Bowl, having the the grand media day and all that. So they took that away. So there was no big time media. Uh, the only people that were doing media were like the younger players from the rookie game. You might get a, uh, a slam dunk or a three-point shooter, but those guys pretty much are, are younger guys too. Do you know LeBron James? He showed up to Indianapolis on uh, late Sunday morning. That's <laughs> when he showed up. Now people say, well, it's his 20th All-Star game. Well, he's entitled, but it just goes to show you where you know, the lack of discipline is, it's like, okay, make these guys be here, make them go through that. But they said, you know what, in order to, to give us, you guys are promising, you're going to give us effort here. We're going to give you extra time off. Okay. There's no NBA games tonight, tomorrow, the next day. You got, you got a little bit of a break going on. All right. Give us effort. We'll take away your media responsibilities. We'll, you know, take away these back-to-back games, four games in five nights. We'll extend the regular season a little bit longer, and you don't have to get back to playing two nights later like it used to be after the All-Star game. They did all that. And, and still, what do you get? You get 397 points with no defense. I don't. I can't confirm. I didn't see anything, but LeBron probably went and watched his son play on Saturday. <laughs> so what? Yeah, right. Probably USC. Mm-hmm. I'm sure he did. Yeah. But here's the thing. It's like, just say you don't want to be there. Now, here's a Luka Donich thing. Luka Donich can, can go ahead and score, what, 77 points, right? But he's got no interest in, in playing. And him and Jokic, they look like fish out of water trying to go up and down the court <laughs> compared to everybody else. And they just basically said, you know, eh, I'm too slow. This isn't for me. All right. Do everybody a favor and say, I pass. Because no one wants to see that. I mean, these guys look like they were not all-stars. They didn't look like some of the best. When Jokic and Donich don't dunk, 
When you have a breakaway and you lay it up instead, and they come back and say, well, you know I don't jump. Get out of here then. <laughs> That's he, what he said. He tried to dunk so hard, and it, he was so close. All right. Marco didn't watch the game, but you did. What did you think? I thought it was for the entertainment mm-hmm. of the television, it was good. I'm sure being there, it would have sucked because, you know, all of the action's on one end. And then and you saw the crowd was not into yeah, it. Yeah, nobody, nobody was into it. <laughs> but it's the rest of the weekend that, that was bothering me. The rest of the weekend? The dunk contest. Oh, yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. We'll get we'll get into that. That was that was atrocious. There's no question about that. And the three point contest, okay, but yeah, the dunk contest. It seems like we have this conversation every Monday after the All Star game. But the bottom line is, will it change? And do you get to the point where you now go NFL like and you go skills competition? They had a skills competition. They did exactly. Yeah. But you just take away the game. You never take away the weekend because this is such a money generator. And that's another thing. There's a lot of money spent with that. And kudos and Darnell, when we bring him on here in a few minutes, he'll concur with this. Indianapolis showed out. And to get these players to not put out the effort and not hold up their end of the commitment is a travesty. And we heard Charles Barkley bitch and moan about the weather. No, oh, why are we having an all-star game in Indianapolis? And we'll probably save that for tomorrow. But it was 17 degrees. They had snow. But you have people driving to the game from all parts of Indiana, Chicago, Kentucky, the Midwest, Ohio. They're driving from all over to, to try to get there to see this game. And you come in there and you see this display in Indianapolis showed out. You get to the airport there. They had all the signage. They had a, they had a, a regulation basketball court there. You've got great hotels, restaurants, like we talked about before, probably next to Vegas. Indianapolis is the next best place to hold a major event, final four, Super Bowls, all-star games, because they, everything is in walking distance and they've got this thing down from a hospitality standpoint. The NCA is, is there all the time with their tournaments, you know, Big Ten tournaments, regional tournaments, Final Four. They get it, and they did it up right. Everybody that I talked to that went, they said, man, it was spectacular. And I had people that went to the Super Bowl here in Vegas and then went to the All-Star game, and they said it was like mere images of each other, that the hospitality, everything was was fantastic. And then you get a dud of of a game. Luckily, we got a great Super Bowl, but we expect that. But you can't compare a championship you know, game to an all-star game. I get that. But it just would be nice to just have these guys, I'll use the word obey, you know, the directive that they're getting from the commissioner uh, because obviously he's not happy. And is it it's just a bad look. It'll be interesting to see these TV ratings too because it probably wasn't very good like last year. Again, you know, you can't. We talked Friday about baseball when they had it. They don't have it anymore that the winner had home field, you know, trying to make manufacture to make it meaningful. I, I don't know that the NBA can do anything because these guys just don't care. They don't care. That's they the thing. Don't. I mean, you just and here's what I'd like to see. And you know it didn't happen. And I was saying this to myself. Here comes halftime and the West is getting drilled. It would be great if LeBron or Steph Curry or somebody comes in, hey, guys, l- gather around, gather around. L- let's do this. All right, listen, 
commissioner wanted us to play hard. Let's go out there and let's be the ones. Let's play some defense. Let's go and lock down, play some defense, and let's shock these guys. Let's do it. But then you heard comments from Luka Doncic. Well, and he said this. I'm paraphrasing her. He goes, well, he goes, I just, you know, this. I'm still kind of new to this. So I'm just doing what everybody else does. They're all followers. No one is willing to take the lead. Now, there'll be basketball purists that say, okay, LeBron, it's on your shoulders. Steph Curry, it's on your shoulders. Oh, by the way, Steph Curry didn't even start. How could Steph Curry not be a starter in this game? That's another part of the joke. You see who the starters were? And it's supposed to be for the fans, and the fans are voting this and this and that. And just, you know, and certain people are like, oh, I feel entitled. I should be a starter. The whole process is just messed up right now. It's just all messed up. But it needs to come down to the pride factor and say, listen, I'm getting paid a boatload of money, more than any of our predecessors. Let's just honor the game the way it's supposed to be. Let's honor those guys that played 20, 30, 40 years before us. And let's just have some pride and let's play like a real game. If we could do it in the offseason, we can do it now for the fans, for the league that has given us everything, all of these riches. Let's play hard. Let me ask you a question. I'm going to ask you to name this play. Mm -hmm. It was an all-star game, not necessarily NBA, all the all-star games. What is the most memorable play that you recall from any all-star game mine's clear cut i i I bet of all the things and all of the years and all the decades i bet we nail the same one all right pete rose nailing into ray fossey at home plate absolutely there it is absolutely and why why do we think that because it didn't matter what game he paid he played to win exactly and And a lot of people gave him a lot of grief over you know was that 1972 73 whatever it was 70 all-star yeah 70 okay there it is so here it is 50-some-odd years later, we're still talking about that. Yeah, uh, Unbelievable. Different uh, breed of athlete. We come back. Darnell Hillman is going to join us. The very first NBA Slam Dunk Contest. He joined us last week. He was a judge in the Slam Dunk Contest. We'll get his thoughts not only on that. We'll let him explain the scoring and uh, talk about the current state of the NBA All-Star Game. The T.C. Martin Show is back. Yes! Yes! What are you doing? It's just a halftime. Yes, this is my favorite part of the game. T.C. Martin. Yes! In the face! The doctor is now in. in. All right, recapping the NBA All-Star Weekend just concluded in Indianapolis. And we talked to my good friend last week leading up to it because it was going to be a very special weekend for him judging the NBA dunk contest and being honored as the first ever NBA dunk champion back in the day, 1977 to be exact. And we're talking about the pride of Indianapolis, but more importantly, the pride of Sacramento. Let's get that right. Sacramento Sports Hall of Famer, the one and only, the original Dr. Dunk, joins us again today, Darnell Hillman. D, what's going on, brother? Man, it's been a, an exciting weekend for the city. Uh, it was a little cool here, but we got it done. And most of all, I think everybody had a good time. Man, it came across like it was a good time. And you know, you could speak to this better than anybody because, again, you played there as a player. You work with the Indiana Pacers as the director of alumni relations. And you were very involved in the whole planning of this thing. Uh, you, Indianapolis is a great place 
to host an event. I mean, we've seen Final Fours. We've seen, obviously, Big Ten tournaments, NCAA tournaments. We've seen Super Bowls. I mean, they just get it. And everyone that I talked to that was there in person, they just said, man, uh, they showed out and everything just uh, was planned so exceptionally well. Yes. That's, you know, that's one of the, the unique things about this city when I first came here. They talk about something that's called Hoosier hospitality. You can't define it, but it's throughout the entire state. So those folks that come in from out of state, they're going to have not just the enjoyment of the sport, but the experience of a lifetime in being a part of the sport. And Indy really pushes to have that. Um, and the big thing, you just mentioned all the different um, other sports that have been here for the city. This is a sports haven. And when you get here, everything is within walking distance or just a very short trip versus some of the other bigger cities. You know, they have different events so far apart. You can't make them all. But here, if you got your hotel room here and you stayed in that hotel room, you can make every event just by getting out and walking to it. Well, let's talk about the dunk, uh, dunk contest, Darnell. So you had Dominique Wilkins, Gary Payton, Fred Jones, Mitch Richmond, and yourself judging there. So obviously there, we watched it, and we saw uh, there were a lot of people that uh, were critical of the judges here. I'm very, cur- oh, yeah. I'm very curious. <laughs> is there a discussion, or was there a discussion between you guys, like say before the event, that, that you, Neek, and and the glove and Fred and Mitch all got together and, and did you guys have any type of discussion prior to the event or during it, like how you guys were going to judge it? Well, um, we may express our individual way of how I'm seeing something. I know I'm a very critical judge. And one of the things I'm critical about is the players jump from the floor just to the rim. And if you're going to dunk the ball, I want to see some power. I don't want to see that ball touching the rim at all. I'd like to see it shoot straight down and with some force. And some of the other guys felt the same way so that um, when we saw the dunk, hey, we've seen this dunk before. What's any different than last year when you did this dunk or seeing you do this in warm-up? What's the difference in it? And we we couldn't really see anything. So that's why we were a little um, hard or critical in, in the point spreads there from time to time. When a guy threw it down real hard, got it through the, through the nets and with power, I'm happy to see that. See, I love that. I love that that description. And that's exactly, you know, again, what you want to see. And again, from you saying it, that should be gospel. Because you, you're the champion. You are the very first champion. And that's exactly how you want it. You had creativity. All right. And that goes to yep. your point about, you know, hey, have we seen this before? Thunderous dunks. All right. With power. And the leaping ability and what you do, you know, once you're in the air and, and how you come down. You're right. If a ball like barely crawls through the net or, you know, um, 
you know, it, it just and you don't do anything that's really original. I am with you, but here's the question for you, okay? Because they mentioned this on the broadcast, and they thought, hey, maybe you guys are penalizing these guys for like if they made it on the second or the third att- attempt and they missed the first attempt. Did that go into your scoring? Yeah, that's a factor into it. You know, one of the things that happens when you miss the first dunk. And then you get a chance to come back and try it a second time and you make the dunk. You've lost the element of surprise to the entire fans that are watching it. And how can on your second dunk that you, you finally made, how can you expect to get a 50 or a 49? You've lost the excitement. You've lost the thrill of it. And we watched it a second time and you just happen to make it. So, you know, again, for myself, that if you want to say I was critical or punishing them, then so be it. But not to punish them, I just can't see giving anybody a forty-nine or fifty on a second dunk attempt. How many fifties did you give out in the competition, Darnell? I think I pushed only two. Only two. Okay. All right. Only two. All right. And do you, and do you remember which one that was? Um. Let's see. I think I gave Jalen a 50 on one of them, and I gave uh, the winner a 50 on his very last dunk. On his very last dunk. Okay. Yeah. Okay. All right. I mean, and that's the thing. Like, what is a 50? But I think that you described that. And do you think that that was pretty much that all of you guys had the same criteria? I think we all had the same criteria in mind, but being objective in how we saw the dunk and everybody is entitled to his opinion or her opinion just didn't, you know, just didn't really ring my bell. Mm-hmm. I'm looking for somebody to get up and play up over the square, <laughs> you know, elbows and arms all over the rim and such. And I, you just didn't see that. Yeah. Um, or even let's look at how far away from the rim can you take off from? and still get all of that action and movement in the air and pull the ducks down. The biggest, I think, um, thing that we saw as judges, we saw too many guys putting the ball on Shaq's hand and trying to jump over his head. Yeah. And then you're hitting him or the ball is hitting the rim, you know, and it went from one guy to another one. And it's like, well, you know what? Show it. Like you said earlier, Show us some new creativity. Show me that you have style when you're doing this. And it's just got to bring down the house. If the house, if the fans don't react to it in a way that blows your eardrum away, then it's it's something that they probably already witnessed and they haven't seen anything new. Um, What I'm looking for is, have you ever heard of this dump called the hammer? The hammer, of course. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, we've got guys around that jump high enough to do that. Mm -hmm. Now we're talking about a guy that's jumping up high enough where his shoulders and his chest are over the rim, and he's got the ball cupped in the left side, and he hammers it down through the rim as he passes through. That's when you're starting to get some guys that are leaping off the floor Mm -hmm. and giving you a lot of action while in the air. I was explaining to, uh, I was on a panel there earlier in the day and 
had mentioned that I was a high jumper when I was in college. And the first year in college, I got a class that taught uh, Newton's Law and um, Murphy's Law. And once you understand the principles and the theory of those things, and then you can apply that to whatever goes up has to come down. Now, on the way up, if you do something, there's going to be a penalty to pay. Now you're not going to go as high. Um, now, do you have a way of countering that and slowing that action down? Yes. But you have to learn what that movement is. So once I, I studied these principles, then I could jump up on the floor or jump up and grab the, the backboard and pull myself around to the rim and do all other kinds of different things. But there's a penalty for spreading your legs open, for putting your legs behind you, waving an arm over here or over there. And guys just don't have um, the excitement that I saw. The Vince Carter and Dominique were probably the last, and Jordan, the last guys that I've seen that make me raise my eyebrow and go, oh, okay. I like that. Maybe I need to work some of that kind of action into one of my dunks. Dominique gets up above the square. Vince Carter can get up above the square. Jordan gets up above the square. And these guys are jumping off the floor. Most of the guys yesterday, or yeah, during the dunk contest, they were just jumping from the floor to the rim. Mm -hmm. And barely getting that ball over the rim. Like, that ball shouldn't touch that rim at all. Uh, Darnell Hillman, the very first slam dunk champion judge in Saturday's NBA slam dunk contest. Here's the thing. I do not understand how anybody could dispute any of the scores that you or Dominique gave. And I'll tell you why. Because you said it perfectly. You guys are the originators. You When you talk about the doctors of dunk, the kings of dunk, and you rattled off all of those guys with Jordan, Vince Carter, Dominique Wilkins, yourself. How do you dispute that? And you and you laid it out perfectly. So for anyone to say, hey, man, these guys don't know what they're doing, you guys invented it, okay? You invented it, and then you back it up. And like you said, especially, seriously, if you had conversations you know, in advance, but this is what we're going to look for, yeah, you're going to be a strict professor, all right? You're not going to be handing out A's. You're going to be not handing out 10s. You're not going to be handing out 50s across the board unless you do these things that you want to see them do. So for people on social media or even other announcers, and I'm, I'll am i even you know throw Peyton and Richmond in because those guys were not dunkers, okay? Those guys were shooting guards and point guards respectfully, right? Okay, but, right. you know, hey, they're Hall of Famers, so they get it, and I'm sure that you could talk some sense into them. So I'm, I'm okay with that, but I really wasn't picking it apart by saying, oh, look at Darnell's score, look at Dominique's score. It was just... It was like in general, they're going like, uh, okay, because I, I couldn't tell you who gave somebody a 49, who gave them a 46 or whatever, but the way that you analyzed it, described it, and what your criteria was, it, it, it is perfectly. So for anybody out there that is going to say, hey, these guys don't know what they're talking about, this is probably the most astute panel because we've had celebrity guys out there that know nothing about basketball. Uh, you know, sometimes you, you get former players out there. I mean, rip those guys, but don't rip guys like you and Dominique. No way. 
<laughs> I appreciate your saying that, TC, because I did get, uh, when I finally got back to my phone, I had like 22 text messages, and some of them were telling me about the commentators that were watching us judging or getting all over us for the variance in scores. You know, what one guy saw and the other one saw, totally different in how we scored it. And I appreciate your saying that in support of some of the guys that were really out there a long time ago, early, and doing these kinds of dunks. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and the thing about it is, too, when you mention you know, the lack of creativity, I mean, seriously, when I see somebody go out there, oh, go stand here, and then we're going to jump <laughs> over you, and let's position the ball and put it right behind their neck. Oh, oh, stop, stop, stop. Oh, we got to raise it a little bit. I mean, you just ruin it, man. The whole art, and I know like in your competition, it was like, okay, it's your turn, go. You took a couple dribbles. No one was running. That's another pet peeve of my Darnell. People running with the ball. There's no running. There's no <laughs> running with a basketball in a basketball court. You put it on the deck and you dribble in a natural motion. Seriously, it's this kind of stuff that just has always infuriated me, right? But it's like, okay, with the props and all that, it just takes so long to set it up. And then what happens? Then the guy misses. Or like when he gets brings somebody else out, you know, and, and, and what was that with Jason Tatum coming out with the fur coat? Did someone tell him it was 72 degrees inside? Take off the coat, man. I mean, that stuff just kills this contest. And this is why every year at this time we're talking about the lowlights of the weekend. It's always the dunk contest. Yeah, it has become that. Um, some of your better jumpers no longer want to participate in the thing. TC, if I were in front of you right now, man, I'd have to give you some pounds. <laughs> you you hit it right on the head, and you said it. Now, these guys that bring all these props out there, are there any props in a ball game? Forget no. about it. Yeah, right. There's no props. And in a ball game, just like you said, you're not running with the ball like a football player. You're dribbling and handling that ball. So you want to see that same type of approach to a dunking contest as if it were in the ball game. And what you can do should a defense approach and stop you. I used to always think of dunks. Okay, I'm going to start this dunk here. What if the defense comes here and now block my approach? Can I counter that with a different move and still finish the dunk? No prop. Just the defense was my prop. He just takes to me, and I counter it. And it's simple as that. But that's just my opinion and my feeling. And I understand if everybody else has got a different one, we're all entitled to one. All right, so here's what we need. First of all, we need only dunk contest winners should be judges. All right, that's it. Right right now, nobody else deserves to be a judge. End of story, indisputable. And then Darnell Hillman gets to get hired by the NBA every year, and you have a symposium with these contestants about how to dunk. This is how you should be dunking, all right? The Darnell Hillman Symposium. What do you think of that? You know, we gather these rookies before they come in to, to be pros. We say, hey, stay away from this. Don't be tempted with this, okay? This, don't blow your money. Hey, if you're going to enter the dunk contest, this is how you portray yourself, and this is what you got to do. If if you're going off the rails here, goodbye, eliminated. That's what I think. Uh, yeah, and I got to agree with you. Um, I like it, especially when, while you were saying that, you know, the first person that came back into my mind who used to dunk the ball with 
nothing but power. Billy Ray Bates. How's that a name from the flashback? How about you? You remember my boy Billy Ray Bates from the Portland Trailblazers? That's what I'm talking uh, about, with, Darnell. With power. Yeah. But I mean, it's it, going to go back even further. Remember Daryl Dawkins? Of course. Chocolate Thunder, yeah. 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 Thunder used to tear down backboards. And then Shaq comes along, and Shaq starts tearing down and breaking backboards yeah. in the apparatus. That's the idea that when you a dunk is a dunk. I mean, and you're going in there. To really hurt something, <laughs> not yourself so much, but you want to take away yes. the excitement that the uh, the opponent has. And if you're not doing something that's going to make him go, "Wow, these guys are serious!" <laughs> now you've got the you've got your opponent on his heels. There he's it is. Not thinking that he's your equal. <laughs> now he's concerned and he's a little fearful of what you may do the next time. Let's throw let's throw Jerome Lane in there from Pitt, right? When he when he he, yep. he, he broke it down, there is that's it, that the dunk, the dunk contest should be renamed and call it the backboard breaker. That's it. Whoever breaks the backboard, there we go. There's your winner. How's that? <laughs> uh, hey, let's go. Let's no. go. Let's go to the playground like back in the day, man. Let's go. Let's go and wreck that park rim. Let's go do that, man. Break it down. Oh yeah, you go by a playground and the rim is all pull, yeah. all torn down and bent over yeah. before they came up with the breakaways. But I got to point out something else to you, TC. Now, when I won the contest back in our day, the dunk contest, you got five dunks, but you only had two minutes to do yes. all five dunks. Mm-hmm. That puts a lot on you to really get it all done. Be creative, be exciting, and be stylish. And how do you keep the fans alive and excited with you? Whereas the dunk contest, now these guys have so much time in between where they're walking back and forth across the court and then, oh, there's someone over there. Come on out here and stand right here and let me do this. I love it, man. I yet to see that in a ball game. You got it. Brother, appreciate the time. Uh, glad you had a great weekend, man, and look forward to talking with you and seeing you soon. Oh, you got it, man, and thanks for having me on. You got it, brother. There he is. All right. Dr. Dunk, Darnell Hillman, breaking it down literally for you. Takes the handoff. He drives the lane. He takes it to the house. Bouncing off defenders. He just laid it in. He just put it up and in. 56 seconds to play. Oh, by the way. Live in the entertainment capital of the world. Game 7 is over. It's an instant classic. It's the T.C. Martin Show. A three for the game. It's time to get your daily prescription from the doctor, T.C. Martin. You've got to pinch me. The doctor is now in. Hour number two here on this Monday. Feeling good, feeling fine. And uh, appreciate Darnell Hillman for joining us. Who judged the NBA Slam Dunk Contest on Saturday night. Go back and listen to that interview. Uh, The interview is up on the website on the homepage from last week. And uh, we will get to today's version up there a little bit later on as well. Continuing on here, T.C. Martin, Marco D'Angelo, my tag team partner, 
The book ends on Monday and Friday. Of course, every Friday at the Westgate Las Vegas inside the world-famous Superbook. Make sure you come on by. See the show live each and every Friday. And uh, we take a look at the college basketball board, NBA back in action. And yes, Stanley Cup, not too far away. Golden Knights uh, in action here today on this President's Day on the road. Yes, and uh, playing pretty well today against San Jose, where the Knights are rolling to victory. But the Knights have uh, had some struggles in closing out games, just like another local team that we witnessed on Saturday night, and that is UNLV. We'll get into that this hour as well, too. Chuck Esposito will join us from Red Rock, the fine executive director of the Race and Sportsbook at all these station casinos properties. All right. Marco, Golden Knights. They have been having some problems with uh, with finishing games, a little uneven, up and down. And there was a point during the course of the season where we thought, hey, the Golden Knights are going to pull aces here. They're going to go back to back. As we approach, what, with 30 games to go, pretty much, give or take, how do you feel about the, the Knights' chances of repeating? Uh, the situation with the Knights, they had a ton of injuries uh, during that stretch that you're talking about. And just like if you remember, the Aces had that one stretch last year where they had all those games. They were playing on the road. It seemed like they were playing every other night. Well, that's what the Knights were doing. And now it's been just the opposite. And I hadn't been involved in the Knights games the last couple games, but I was involved today. I did use the Knights uh, on a money line parlay because they were a little bit hefty. But I thought they would rebound today. And the reason for that, TC, was we had the NBA All-Star break. They had played, when they came back, they had four games that they, four days where they hadn't played. Then they played a game, they lost, and then they came back and had a five-day gap before they played. So they only played two games in a nine- or ten-day period after winning seven of nine. And when I did my write-up for my clients, I pointed that out. I always say the last thing you want when you're doing well is to take a break, you know, the bye week in the NFL and so forth. And I just thought the fact that they got a little rusty being off, but now playing today after playing Saturday, playing two games in three days, I thought they would play well. They gave Aiden uh, Hill the day off. He had been in goal uh, recently because uh, Thompson wasn't alternating with him. Uh, we had that flu bug that went through the team as well. So Thompson was back in goal today, and he's been spectacular. He's stopped everything that they've put at him. So if they stay healthy, and remember, they don't have Eichel. Uh, Eichel has not played, uh, being injured as well. So when they get back and healthy as they're getting their bodies back uh, one by one on these games, they're going to be a force down the stretch. All right, Golden Knights uh, roll to victory uh, today. I say roll. See, I'm jinxing it. Yeah, you it's not, yeah. yeah, yeah, it's yeah. For, for nothing. Don't worry yeah. about it. You're safe. I think even you, you can't jinx it. Oh, roll? Really? Yeah, you, yeah. Really? Yeah. You, I've seen you in action. Yeah. I know. You know but, but usually you just, you know, no, 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 not until that, everything says zeros. You're actually, you know, with 13 four, minutes to go, you're actually okay. Four goals in hockey is pretty, that's a pretty big lead if you transfer it to like football score or basketball score where you usually kill me or somebody tossing a no hitter in the seventh inning. Wow, he's you on know, tonight. I, I hear the stories, you know, of you, you know, being brought up a very good Catholic boy, oh. altar boy. Like he's, <laughs> right, right. Now, you do realize, you know, that, that, that part of your faith is that there is no such thing as superstition. You, do you, do you realize that? 
they should have taught you that, you know, back in, yeah. you know, Sister Mary, whoever she was in Sister Pittsburgh. Mary Thomas. Yeah. Sister Mary Thomas. Yeah. Does every school, every parochial school have a Sister Mary Thomas? Yeah. Yes. Well, huh. if you're going to go the Catholic uh, route, yeah. do you not feel guilty when you jinxed my game? Because that's part of the religion, too. There's no such thing as jinxing. We don't, we don't, <laughs> we don't, be, we don't believe in jinxes yeah, okay. or superstition. Well, so, yeah, I do. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I once won college football season i was having i had a great day like third or fourth week of the season and i said oh what you know looked at my outfit the next saturday i wore the exact same outfit i washed them every week but i wore the same outfit for like six weeks until i had a a losing saturday yes i'm very superstitious you do got to look deeper into this and say okay the you know there are other people that have action on games too and the coach has nothing to do with your wager or those players they're not correlated at all so there's no synergy there's nothing in the moons the pilots and the satellites that have nothing to do with that and then like i said then then there's the faith thing where you don't believe in that stuff you know hey you you can't kick it it's like say if you want to give up cigarettes or you want to give up your you know you want to go on a diet or something all you got to do is just put it aside my friend and, and kick it to the curb and and be done with it don't don't hang on to that because that will just drive you nuts inside the minute you send me a text <laughs> however a game is going completely stops you know that you it, it's been a, we'll call it coincidences but you know Fool me once, <laughs> twice, you know, the third time, you know, I just got to like turn my phone off. We all have that. I, 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 I do it myself. We all have these little things and rituals that we think that, okay, hey, that's good luck or, you know, we all do it. Wait, let me just, I'm just giving you a bad time. Let me yeah. my head. There you go. Thank yeah. you. Yeah. <laughs> that, that's got nothing to do with the game outcome, but there, there are things that, you know, everybody's got it, their it, it, It's, it's crunch time. Yeah. It's crunch time and you, you know, you go through your little rituals or quirks or habits, whatever you want to call it. And you think that, oh, that's going to bring me luck. And yeah, that's, that's part of, part of gambling, I guess, right? Hey, we've all prayed to the gambling gods at one time or another. Okay. <laughs> In poker, we have the phrase, you know, when, when you're, you need that three outer on the river, you, you ask for your one time. This is my one time. I need my one Listen, time. I'm not a poker guy, but explain this to me. I never understood it. Never asked the question. I don't care if people, you know, laugh at me or whatever. I really don't. The river. Where'd that come from? Why the river? Flop. The fourth card is the turn. And the fifth card is the river. It's, why it's the why river? Okay. I, I get the flop. Okay. Okay. The turn. I get that because like you're turning for home. Horse racing. Yeah. So, that, that, so that's come comes from a horse racing analogy, right? Where in the heck does a river come in? You know, I don't know its exact origin. You so know, you're maybe, gonna try to make no something Chuck up here. Yeah, I. You know, it's it, it's the end. I. You know, I. The do, end. Do you want him to call? Okay, this is the finish. <laughs> Perfect. That, does that make sense? Yeah. The finish. Yeah. The hammer. The last hand or whatever. Yeah. Well, there's the a, river. There's another saying. The river poker that I never. Enjoy. If somebody buys more chips and mm-hmm. the chip runner comes gets their money mm-hmm. to go back to get the chips, and then the dealer will announce so everybody at the table knows. It'll say seat three has two hundred behind, meaning there's two hundred coming. That's in play. He's got you know the chips aren't there yet, but it's in play. So. Because you want to know what the other guy has if you go all in. If you only see a little stack, right. you know, yeah. and he's got 200 coming. But what I never said is behind. When they bring the money, they set it in front of you, not behind you. But they're saying <laughs> behind the hand, right? Yeah. So Th- that's why? 
that's the the you know the basis of it. Yes. So hold on. Why why is it behind? Why don't why don't you just pay the man his money right then and there? Well, because it's coming from the cashiers. You know, he's he's. Why don't we more. just wait? Why don't we just take a, a, well, a TV time out? Well, because you don't want to no. You don't want to stop the game. The how whenever the cards are not being dealt, the house is not making money. The house makes money of their rake off of every hand. They want the dealer to get as many hands per hour as they can. So do the dealers because the dealers generally are supposed to get tipped off of every hand. The wi- the winner is supposed to throw a chip or two to the dealer. That's how they make their money. Okay, so here's what I've learned here. This uh, this is you're very similar to basically the NBA players that participate in the All Star game. <laughs> you're just going with the flow. You can't explain it. You've played poker for how 50 years probably, right? And you've been using the term river like everybody else, but you don't actually know what it is, but you just go with it anyway. Is that what you're telling me? That's it, yeah. That's okay. It. okay. So here we go. All right. So in truth, no one can say for certain what the river is, but there are a number of theories here as we look it up here. Uh, some believe that since poker was often played on riverboats, Cheaters who were caught dealing themselves an extra card would be thrown into the river. <laughs> you buying that one? Think that's it? Uh, I can buy the, the you know on the boats because uh, a lot. If you remember, you were in the Midwest mm-hmm. when you're, the first mm-hmm. riverboat uh, casino was in the state of Indiana, if I believe correctly. Indiana? Yeah, Indiana. They had, they had them. Maybe on the Illinois. Way. Yeah, I went. I'm pretty sure it was okay. Indiana. Okay. Others say that it is not true, and the term river instead comes from the French word river. Did I say that right? River? <laughs> it says river. R-I-V. Is it spelled the same? I don't know. Since no one actually knows for certain, let's assume it's called river because it's where all the bad poker players drown. <laughs> come on. This, this kills me. Where where did the river come from? I I I I'm curious about these things. See, Larry, David, and I we're very curious about about certain things, and you have no answer. You just go with the flow, and I guarantee you now that when you go back and play, whether it's tonight, tomorrow, whatever, you're going to raise this this question up to the dealers or somebody else, aren't you? I may do. You that. should. You should. Yeah. And then let, let's let's abolish it. Let's say, guys, it doesn't make sense. You want to abolish something you don't even play. This is true. <laughs> But it bothers me because I'll be sitting there, you know, watching. I'll be watching televised poker, which is kind of ridiculous in the sense that you're, you know, you're televising poker. But I guess it's okay. Anyway, and they're going, here comes the river card. And I, what's the river card? Is it, why rivers? Are R on there? Where does river come from? Plunge? I have nothing for you. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> nothing. It's beautiful. It's beautiful. All he knows, I go. And play but you know, everybody is probably saying the same thing. It's like there's no true explanation. But people, this is what bothers me with society. Sam, one of those guys. It's like I can't stand followers. I want leaders. I want leadership. All right, players, be leaders. Let's play defense in an all-star game. Let's find out why it's called the river and let's change it if it doesn't make any damn sense. Let's change it. Now, if you were the king of poker. All right, which you claim to be. All right, or you're setting, you're setting, you're the commissioner. Marco D'Angelo, you're the commissioner. All right, break us down. What would you keep? What would you not keep for vernacular? It is what it you is. You can't show prep this, can you? No, you can't, you can't show prep this. <laughs> he wasn't ready for this. It's like, oh, you don't like this topic? No. No, that was Marco answering. Oh, there you go. 
I want to go and enjoy uh, my. Seth, he's, try, he's trying to take the joy out of everything. Uh, joy he always what? does. He is a kid. Out of what? I'm just what? Me what? playing my my poker. Now I'm going to sit there today, <laughs> which I plan to go play today afterwards after doing your show on a holiday for you. That uh, I'm going to go enjoy some poker tonight. Oh, you wanted to take today off? Huh? You want to? Uh, it, it's a holiday. <laughs> it's holiday. Only if you work at a bank. I I respect you know all of our presidents of past and current. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Shoot. Unbelievable. All right. So we're never going to get the answer about the river card. So, but I'll ask somebody tonight. There you go. And, and, and I'll, oh, I'll here comes you the text. Yeah, here it comes. I'll send you a text. Yeah. He's going to be asking some ham and eggers sitting next to him and goes, who in the F wants to know that? I'll actually, uh, my, one of my best friends deals at, uh, at the place that I play. So I'll ask him. See what he tells me. Yeah. He's gonna He's gonna be, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Uh, all right. UNLV Saturday night, man. That was atrocious. It was a total collapse by the Rebels against Reno. Final score, 69-66. UNR defeats UNLV. They blew an 11-point lead. They blew two double-digit leads, one by 11. Uh, two 11-point leads, actually, in the second half. Uh, then even with as less as five minutes to go, they're up nine. They're up seven. Starts dwindling away. They made one field goal. In the final five minutes of the game, they missed four crucial free throws in the final minute. Uh, Keelan Boone missed two free throws at the four-minute mark. And then Deedon Thomas, the freshman, who uh, made a layup to cut the lead back to one. But before that, he missed two free throws. Had a chance to give UNLV the lead with 20 seconds to go. They're down one. He missed them both. And... And, and that was it. And they had to play catch up down by three. He makes a layup, cut it to one. They foul again. Two free throws made by Lucas for UNR. And then, uh, Keelan Boone tries a, a three at the buzzer. It falls short, but UNLV gave this game away. I'm watching this game there Saturday night courtside and I'm looking and I'm saying, you know, UNLV's got this. They're in command. But what came up for me was they are getting crushed on the boards. And you are not going to win getting crushed on the boards. 37 to 17. They were out rebounded by UNR. And that does not bode well for you. You're going to lose games. And, uh, UNLV did not shoot well from three. Luckily, Reno didn't shoot well from three either. I think they combined for nine threes. UNLV had five. It was, was not good. But this is a, a bigger problem is they lose at Air Force at home. You lose to Reno at home. You have a five-game win streak. You, you sweep New Mexico home and away. That's beautiful. And you've got some quality wins there. But then you can't get the job done. And we talk about if UNLV would have won that Air Force game, the long streak they would have had, that would still be riding into this game. They could have been on a seven, eight-game win streak. I mean, it's problematic. It really, really is. And every time there's a loss here... Then fans and media want to say, well, maybe Kevin Kruger shouldn't be the coach. You know, this, you know, there are several reasons for this, but yeah, coaching came down. It came down to coaching. Steve Alford is, you know, a more veteran coach than Kevin Kruger, but Reno is not that great of a basketball team. And when you look at the grand scheme of things, people want to talk about, oh, the Mountain West, they've got, you know, maybe could get four or five, you know, bids in here again. It's not a great conference. 
San Diego State is not the same team they were last year. They're still the be- the best team in the Mountain West. UNLV's right there, just a couple games out, but they gave the game away, and it was a uh, it was sad to watch. It was sad to watch, especially in front of ninety five hundred people. And, and for me, it was like this is great. And I was even saying that to people around me. I'm going, this is how it should be. You know, we we're kind of knocking the eight thirty p.m. start time, and it's like okay, Saturday night. 8.30, it didn't feel like it was late. It felt like, okay, anticipation all day. You got the rivalry game. UNLV's won five in a row. This is going to be good. And it was. And then talk about just letting the air out of the balloon at the end, man. It devastating. Well, two things. Well, that late start, it was because they had the doubleheader. They had to the oh, well, which was no, was... no, no, no. It had nothing to do with that. It had to do with CBS because they had five games you know, starting at like ten in the morning, so okay. it, that was CBS Sports Network. So the women that the women was at five, so that's why they cleared the arena as a separate ticket. Okay, the I got lucky. I had Nevada in the game. Okay, yeah, you got lucky. All right, I'll take it because yeah. I've been on the other side of that many times. Okay, let me ask you, and again, no despair. Congratulations. Why would you play Nevada in that situation when they're only getting a point and a half? The reason I did in in my write up, and I just actually pulled up my thing, and I give you the highlights of it. The five-game winning streak, okay, four of the five wins were against the three bottom teams in a conference, all right? They had uh, San Jose State they beat. They beat Fresno State twice. They beat Wyoming, who was five and six. In a, that was the best team in of that crew. They had the one win. They beat New Mexico. That was the quality win. And before the five-game winning streak was the Air Force game that you were talking about, who is pathetic. Um, you know, I was not impressed with what they were doing, and Nevada was playing good basketball at the time. It is a rivalry, and, you know, you know how I always say when I look at it, my first reaction when I see a line, and I don't want to look, I don't want to, some guys set their power rating first and then, you know, wait to see the numbers. I want to see what Vegas brings out. And when they brought that game out at one and a half, and UNLV was on a five-game winning streak playing at home. Uh, I just thought they were begging you to take UNLV. So I started to dig deeper, and I looked at that five-game winning streak, and I said, you know what? This is a counterfeit winning streak. I mean, they didn't beat any quality teams other than New Mexico, and I thought Nevada had it a great shot. And for, you know, 38 of the 40 minutes, I was not happy <laughs> with my play. But they got the job done at the end, and that is something that's a problem. The rebounding, uh, and if you you know you go cold shooting and you're not getting the rebounds, you're going to be in trouble. And that's what happened, you know, to them. And give Nevada credit for not giving up in that game. We'll see what happens in a rematch whenever they go to Reno. Yeah, I'm not I'm not blaming you for for playing Nevada because I I, I could see. You know, the game was virtually a pick and understandably so. But the reason why I thought it was a good spot for UNLV was oh, to go on the other side of what Nevada has done on the road. Okay, coming into that game, they were 1-3 in, in their last four road games, and they got embarrassed. Talk about Wyoming, how bad Wyoming is. I think Wyoming's worse than Air Force. They got beat on the road at Wyoming and uh, and uh, um, in uh, New Mexico, they got obliterated by 34 points in that contest. But they did beat Utah State, the one road win, and they beat them down pretty good. But I, I looked at it, Nevada on the road. I'm just going, eh, I just, 
I don't know. I thought it was a good spot for UNLV, and they had dominated the series. Kevin Kruger never lost to, to Nevada before. They had a four-game win streak against the Wolfpack. But I thought it was a tough game. It was a tough game to handicap, uh, but especially when you have a double-digit lead in the second half and you score one field goal in the final five minutes on your home floor, it just seemed like they they choked. I mean, that was really it. Uh, they made some uncharacteristic uh, turnovers because I think in the, in the first half they only had three turnovers. It was just a bad, bad brand of basketball in those final five minutes. Just horrible, and Nevada capitalized. No, no question about it. You know, I'll take a lucky win. <laughs> you know, those are too often been on the other side of those uh, the close games. But UNLV, in to me, what you said, everything is true with them. But you know, I I still go back to that Air Force game. You know, they didn't just lose the Air Force game; they got you know crushed. Never in that game from the word go. In Although Nevada was three and one in their last four games, they played three of the better teams during that four game stretch too. So it's just strength of schedule and everything else, the rivalry game. When you, what was your first reaction when you saw the line? Be honest, when it was one and a half. I thought it was a fair line. I thought UNLV would be two and two and a half. Three points. The, you know, you yeah. got a team on a five right. game winning streak. Yeah, no, I go playing with that. at home. I go with that. You know, anything from one to three, yeah. totally acceptable. So yeah, to me, in my yeah. mindset, I look at games if it, and I do it in football as well. If it's under the field goal, to me, it's pick the winner. You're, you're not right. looking to spread in basketball. Under three, it's it, it's pick the winner. If it's yeah. less than one possession, and when I saw one and a half, and I'm like, this, you got a home team. On a five game winning streak and a rivalry game and are just saying pick the winner. Yeah. Yeah. I'm not I'm not signing up for that. Yeah. You're thinking of teasing Nevada up. That's what you're doing. No, I'm not. <laughs> never. Never. Oh, are you kidding? You could have had, you know, no. Six and a half, seven and a half. I know. But no. Hey, I thought about you yesterday. I don't know if you had the game or not, because we didn't talk yesterday, but I thought of you because I know this is one one of your handicapping tools. Um Purdue in Ohio State yesterday. I kicked myself for not doing that. You were going to bet Ohio State, weren't you? Fired a coach. There you time. go. And that's it's what I was a, thinking. Yeah. yeah. So, And whenever they come back from the NBA All-Star mm-hmm. break, I'm going to have play on the Nets, too. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Uh, the game I did use yesterday, I, you know, I, I, I let you all know, I don't only talk about the winners, but I had a game yesterday. I was up 12 at the half, and they were cruising. They were minus six. St. John's. St. John's. Me, too. Did, up, did, nine, up 19 in the second half. Talk about wanting to destroy the television. The, did you see Rick Pitino's uh, post-game comments? I did not, but I saw him pacing up and down the sidelines. I was very infuriated that that you know coaching should come into play, and him against Holloway, it should be a no-brainer. And I know that he used a lot of timeouts earlier on, but I did, did not like the way that he coached the second half of that game, specifically the last seven or eight minutes. Uh, they... And I don't know what he said, so I'm going to let you, let you tell the story, but I just want to say that uh, he had to be infuriated like I was with the referees in that situation. I don't know if he addressed it or not. He did but not address the, it, the referees. It, yeah, it was, it was brutal that uh, that Seton Hall was, was basically in the double bonus the you know, last eight, nine minutes of that game. A lot of ticky-tack fouls, but you know, St. John's just collapsed, totally collapsed. I don't know. I don't know that I can use them the rest of the year after his right. post game comments because he he, okay. he threw he threw them under the bus. Let's hear him. 
Here's Rick Pitino after yesterday's loss to Seton Hall. I don't think they move well laterally. I don't think they're going to pick it up in the next week. Um, I think they're slow laterally. I mean, Sean Conway gives you everything he can. He's slow laterally. About five guys are slow laterally. Even even the Celtics when we lost, I've enjoyed every minute being a Boston Celtic coach. Didn't like the fact that we lost in that following year, but this has been the most unenjoyable experience I've had since I've been coaching. Do you have any second thoughts of taking this job? No, not at all. It's not St. John's. It's my team. I think they're very respectful. They hear, but they don't listen. It's taken me a month to get them to throw bounce passes. Actually, two months to throw bounce passes. Just thinking of getting ready for Georgetown because Georgetown could definitely beat us. Wow. Uh, I love the the candor. I love that. And uh, most coaches will not do that. I'll tell you what, Ke- uh, Kevin Kruger would never have a press conference like that. That's a veteran coach. Uh, Calipari would do that. I've heard Calipari do that. Um, and you want to talk about like a spark or something like that, Marco? I know you're saying it's, it's hard to go against St. John's because they are helter-skelter, and I, I don't like teams like that. But if this team is ever going to respond, it's going gonna, it's gonna to be the next game against Georgetown. Yeah, the whole clip was longer. In the first part, he dressed like – coming to St. John's late, getting the late start. And he says, you know, this is what we were dealt, you know. So he, and he, he called a couple players out and, you know, we only could do with what we could do with the late start, you know. So obviously there's going to be some, he's going to be in a transfer portal hard next year. No yeah. question, no question about that to yeah. get his type of players. But, you know, he threw the whole team under the bus. And, and he also mentioned several times about toughness. He says this team does not have any toughness. He's right. I mean, he's 100% right. And uh, this is a guy that, again, future Hall of Famer. This is a guy that is going to get the players that he wants and it is going to take time. It's like when Ed Cooley took over Georgetown. A lot of people thought that Georgetown, even though they struggled, they're kind of close. And Cooley's going to come in. Uh, from Providence, and he is gonna, they're gonna take it to the next level because Ed Cooley's a good coach, and he's just coaching in Providence. How hard it is to rec- recruit to Providence, Rhode Island, and Georgetown has struggled mightily this year. All right, but they will be better next year and the year after. Same thing with with uh, Patino. Same thing with any coach, and uh, you know he'll get it done. Uh, he'll get, he get, I, I like, I like what he said and he's right. He's 100% right. But watching that game yesterday, I was thinking, Oh my God, these guys are a train wreck. And I thought we were fortunate to be up by 12 and then up by 19. And, uh, I didn't think they would give it away like that. I gave up on the game. I gave up and came back. I'm going, Oh, now what? What? Five point game. It was hard to two point game. Hard to watch tied that up. game. And, and, and once they lost, and once they lost the lead mm-hmm. or actually they were down by two, Marco, I had said with six minutes to go, I go, they're done. Because no team comes back from 19 like that and, and, and stops playing. And the team that usually gives up the lead, they don't have the wherewithal to, to, to fight back. And, and they didn't. How many years has he been coaching? And to, to say, this is my least enjoyable year of my coaching career. He's getting up there right now, you know, and he went to Iona and it was kind of a feel good story. That's where it all started for him. And then he had success with Iona. It's like, you know what? I ain't give St. John's a run. Let's, let's do this. I'm, I, I'm back in New York. Let's now, now let's do it in the city. He'll be all right. Unless 
again, the modern day player just does not react. That's what I, that's what I'm him. concerned. That's what I'm concerned I mean, with. I believe Rick is what seventy seven. So he's up there like that. I don't know if it, I don't think he's that old. He's in his seventies. I know that. I want to. I'll say. I'll say. 72, 71. Okay. So 71. Yeah. All right. We come back. Check us. Pazito will join us over at Red Rock. We'll talk to him about uh, the weekend that was with uh, the NBA All-Star Weekend and also college basketball. And we'll talk about a couple games tonight that uh, we like, or at least I like. Who needs an enema when you can tune in to the Dr. T.C. Martin? All right, continuing on here on this Monday, we go out to uh, one of my favorite spots, the Red Rock Casino Resort, and our good friend Chuck Esposito joins us each and every Monday with myself and Marco D'Angelo here as we talk a little basketball and more. Chuck, the fine executive director of the Station Casinos Race and Sportsbook. Chuck, what's going on, brother? I'm good, T. It's just, you know, uh, President's Day Monday, and... uh I think you call it maybe Hockey Monday with yes. a full slate of early hockey games today. But um, overall, just, uh, you know, starting to gear up now with NFL draft stuff and talking about the tourney, which isn't that far away, and really no more downtime on, on our side of the counter. But uh, looking forward to what's going to be happening next. See, I thought you may be taking the day off today, Chuck. You know, President's Day that, you know, I, I think I'll uh, extend my weekend a little bit. Uh, yeah, I thought about it, buddy, but uh, it's uh a lot going on, so, uh, you know, I'm here and having I fun. It. I love it. I love it. Uh, Golden Knights successful uh, today with a easy yep. victory. I'm sure you had a lot of one-sided action on that, right? Yep. First of back-to-back, too. They play uh, they play Nashville tomorrow night at home. So, uh, first of uh, kind of back-to-back games. NBA still on their on their all-star uh, hiatus. They don't they don't tip off again till Thursday. So, um, it was good having the Knights play today and then again tomorrow. <laughs> All right, Chuck, let's uh, talk about the NBA All-Star uh, weekend here. And uh, how much uh, action did you guys uh, take on this overall? Was it pretty much on par with what you've seen in the past? And, and, and you know, was it uh, more game action, more you know, isolated stuff with the Sabrina Inescu, uh, Steph Curry, three-point shootout, slam dunk contest? What was it? I guess I could start with saying that there was a lot of, um, you know, uh, Overly, overly, there was a lot of interest in it, and I, I think I'm going to say overly because uh, the over on the game, which was bet uh... pretty heavily by the general public, um, it was pretty apparent early on that it was going to go sailing over. I think that that's kind of what we see see for both the NBA and NHL All Star games: um, a lot more scoring, a lot less defense. Uh, the exact opposite, maybe in MLB, where pitchers seem to have an advantage, and you don't see that many games go over. Um, but overall, handle was really good. Interest was good. I thought that three-point contest between Inescu and, and Steph was really kind of cool, and it was received well. My guess is that that'll be something uh, they continue to do, especially with uh, the star power of the WNBA as well. Um, so overall, it was good. I mean, just you know, kind of a little bit of a downtime now with that All-Star game, recovering from, from Super Bowl, and just gearing up for March Madness, which really isn't that far away because it's not only the tournament, but it's the conference tournament that, that really spark a lot of interest as well and kind of 
set the stage for what comes next. So going back to the Curry and Inescu, uh three-point uh, shootout there, Chuck, I know that you had uh, Curry at minus 240. Not sure exactly where you opened it at, but what kind of action did you see on that? Did you did you get uh, you know Steph money, any sharp money? Uh, did Inescu money come in? Just kind of detail that for us. That is what we opened it at, T. Um, actually, money on both. Um, it was a uh, it was a it was a good two way prop overall. There wasn't that much sharp money on it, um, but I think those are the kind of things that really kind of draw some interest. Uh, um, you know, we're always looking to put more and more stuff on the board um, that gets guests thinking. This wasn't like our prop, but it was something that still drew a lot of interest. And uh, I love putting all that stuff on the board. Uh, the three point contest as a whole. Um, you know, some of the amateur games or the you know first and second year player games. The game itself with the total, they draw a lot of interest. And then on our SDN Sports mobile app, there was a slew of uh, other proposition wagers, too, to really keep the guests' interest. So overall, it was, it was kind of fun putting that stuff up, but I really liked uh, that one-on-one format with an SQ against Steph. I thought it was really pretty cool and definitely drew some interest. Hey, for me, Chuck, it was the highlight of the entire weekend, and that was the only thing that I wagered on. And I think Marco and I were talking about this on Friday, and Marco's not a big you know, all-star guy, period, especially basketball. But uh, I, I think that uh, you know that's what you were thinking as well, Marco. Well, maybe I might give this a shot. But I, I loved uh, Curry in this situation. But to me, I, I thought that that was going to draw the most interest. And if you go back to the whole all-star you know, Saturday night thing, it was by far the highlight. Yeah, it, it was fun, guys. There's no question. Uh, I think, you know, to Marco's point, too, and maybe not liking the All-Star Weekend, I mean, it really does just favor the offense. I mean, I, I find us from from our side, and I'm, I'm going to, you know, go back years that it, we are always rooting for the under in the NHL and NBA All-Star games, um, and the public really plays those sides. Granted, there was a lot more sharp money on the under, but it was it was evident really early on that this game under no circumstances was staying under, and they shattered the total that we had on the board. So if you like offense and you like scoring in both leagues, having opportunities during their All Star games to kind of showcase you know talent and scoring, um, it does make it fun. But it really is more of an offensive showcase than anything else in both cases. Chuck, I don't even know how you can go about uh, you know where the starting point is. <laughs> for a conversation of to set an NBA All-Star game line for a total because you have nothing to judge it by during the course of the regular season. I mean, you're, you know, at this point in time, you know, you've got each team has is got basically 50 games in the bank already and you you know, all of your totals are pretty much within maybe a, you know, 10-15 point you know, uh, in a number, whether it's, you know, 202 to, you know, whatever, 217, 220. I mean, you, you're never thinking about, okay, where do I start at? 350 or 330 or what, right? <laughs> I, I wouldn't have thought of starting at 400. That's for sure. Right. Dave. That's what I'm saying. So I don't even know how you would go uh, about this unless the only thing you do do is like, okay, well, what did we set it last year? What was it the year before? And then I guess just increase it, but just talk a little bit about the process in those conversations. Like, okay, guys, uh, where do we start here? I think first, you know, it's the dartboard behind symbols door that has different (laughs) scores on it. And that we start with that. Um, But no, to your point, you're, you're a hundred percent right. That we're, we're looking at kind of, um, you know, what we've seen in the past. But you look at this year, and scoring is up so much. It's not a surprise 
that they they shattered that total. It it really isn't. And um, you see some of the scores that we've seen this year, not only in games that potentially go into overtime, but games that are decided in regulation. I mean, just record amount of scoring. I mean, the league is way different um, than it was when you had the you know the bad boys of Detroit and and the Bulls winning championships where um, there was such a uh, you know, an onus put on defense that that is not the case anymore. It's a much more wide open, high scoring game, more fouls called. And I think this year scoring is really up. I don't have the percentages in front of me. Um, but when you look at it, I think that just kind of translated to this total being a higher total than I've seen us post uh, regularly, but didn't expect it to shatter 400 like it did. But hey, uh, you know, again, it's offensive showcase. It's fun to watch but they did score a lot of points on Sunday. Chuck, as you said, you made a reference at the beginning to, you know, the baseball all-star and it's pitchers. You know, there's a ceiling and there's a floor. You know, in baseball, you know, that floor, we've seen a couple five-and-a-halves, you know, where you got a really good pitching matchup, but you can't, you just can't go any lower. And in the NBA, I mean, you would think the number that we saw would have been a ceiling, but it, it wasn't even close. I don't know where it stops, you know, and at some point the fear is, that they're going to actually play defense one of these games. <laughs> and, and all it's going to you take know, Marco, is one quarter of playing defense, and it, will, it would wreck the total. Well, you're 100% right. However, there's such a, you know, um, a showcase of, of offense in these games. And um, I think that's what, you know, the, the fans that go, uh, the, the viewers that watch, the, the betters that bet, it's all about the offense. And, you know, seeing these guys be creative, being a little – Globetrotter-esque with, you know, with the passes and, and just the, the creativity. Um, you're, you're getting way more oohs and ahs off, you know, tremendous dunks and, you know, phenomenal passing and going to the hoop than you are great defensive plays. Like, I love defensive basketball and, you know, watched a, a Tark play here when I was, you know, uh, just getting out here and, and their intensity from, um, you know, from baseline to baseline and, and being a big fan in the NBA of watching, you know, the Pistons and, again, the Bulls play defense. It is just a different era now. Um, and the fact that they shattered 400, I'm not sure where the starting point is next year. But, again, a lot of this goes hand-in-hand hand with what we're seeing on a nightly basis in the NBA. Chuck Esposito joins us over at Red Rock, executive director of the Station Casinos Race and Sportsbook. Chuck, let's talk a little bit about the rest of the college basketball weekend. we got some action tonight, but going back to the UNLV-UNR game on Saturday night, UNLV a point-and-a-half favorite. Looked like they were in total command here, and then and Reno comes back and wins the game. UNLV just having a lot of problems closing out games, and they're a team that's uh, really kind of hard to figure right now, and a very unfortunate loss if you're a Rebel fan. It is, because they've had some spurts there where – um, you know, how, how well they played against uh, New Mexico State. And um, they've really had some spurts where you, you look at this team and say, we think they've turned the corner, but they have had problems finishing games. Um, and it was their apparent in that game against UNR. I'm anxious to see how they kind of play in, in the Mountain Tournament and if they kind of can take that, that next step or lot or not. I would love to see, um, you know, Rebel Basketball kind of return to, to where it was. We see how the Lady Rebels have played. Um, how you know how popular the WNBA is, of course, and how good the Aces are, and we saw Rebel football definitely turn a corner this year. Um, I mean, that was the only game in town, guys, for so long. 
uh, was Rebel Basketball. And, you know, Big Monday was created for that third game of being that involved UNLV many times and, and Gucci Rowe. I can hear Vital saying it now. Uh, I'm a big Rebel Basketball fan and would love to see um, them kind of return to, to some sort of dominance and, and really start playing well, um, you know, in, in the mountains. Yeah, and uh, like you said, uh, tournament weekend. Uh, you know, we're about uh, what three weeks away. You know, from that. A couple, you know, looking forward to that. And if, as we know here, it starts here in the WCC. That uh, starts a little bit earlier, Chuck, and that's always great. It kind of kicks things off at the action, you know, over there at the Orleans, and especially when you got Gonzaga and St. Mary's, and especially this year. I mean, the way St. Mary's is playing, and they've got the victory over Gonzaga. They're going to play one more time before that tournament starts, but. I just uh I, I'm really looking forward to that to kind of kick things off. The Mountain West Conference will will be good because it seems like, you know, even though San Diego State went to the championship game last year, they still don't look like the team that they that they were last year. And then we have the Pac twelve tournament, which will be the final time that we have that here. So really looking forward to especially those three tournaments um, you know, here in Vegas for all, you know, a myriad of reasons. Well, guys, we've talked about it so many times before. When there's a tournament here, it's just different. I mean, we saw it for Super Bowl. I know we've talked about the uh, the Pac-12, you know, the, the football championship out here. We talk about the Aces and the Raiders and the Knights. Um, you have these college basketball tournaments out here, and they get a lot of action. I mean, we really see an uptick in that kind of stuff. And you're right. I mean, you look at St. Mary's, who's, I think, ranked 18th in the country, um, San Diego State is still a top 25 team right now. Um, you've got some teams that, you know, uh, the Dayton's and the Creighton's of the world who are in that top 20 as well, I think, that are kind of scary good. I think Tennessee went healthy is really good. Purdue, not sure what happened to them in that game against Ohio State, but definitely, uh, you know, laid an egg in that game. But I think there's a lot more parity than we've seen in the past. It's a lot more wide open. And really looking forward to seeing what happens in some of these conference tournaments and how difficult they end up making the committee because some of these teams that maybe were on that bubble end up winning their tournament or playing really, really well. All right. Chuck, we appreciate the time as always, my friend. Uh, look forward to seeing you soon and uh, get a little bit of rest. And like I said, it's time to start cranking it up here. All right, boys. It sounds good, man. We're always ready. You got it. The STN mobile app. Make sure you get that. It's so easy to use as well. Uh, the in-game variety is uh, is phenomenal. And like we said, uh, get over to any of the uh, casino station properties. And just a quick little plug ahead, too, for a little, uh, little March Madness, uh, Last Man Standing and stuff like that, too. Right, Chuck? Absolutely. Yeah, we're excited about Last Man Standing again. Our the college basketball tournament. It gets a lot of interest. I think it's one of the, the best contests out here. Format will be, you know, the same. For a $25 entry fee, you get one. For $100, you get four entries and the bonus entry fifth. And it's just like the tournament. You win and you move on. One of your entries loses and you go home on that one. So it's a lot of fun. It should be great. We'll be getting uh, some literature and more information out with that in the, in the coming days. So uh, look, everybody should kind of look for that again. It's uh College basketball's last man standing, one of our signature contests here at Station Casinos and STN Sports. Chuck, you know what else March means? That's all the prep races for the Kentucky Derby. It right? does. I was just looking at that today, Marco. I, I was uh, I was looking at some of the you know the horses and and looking at that. I was looking at some NFL draft props. I know we we're, we're always out front of that as well and looking to put a, a slew of those up. So um, we're excited to get all this stuff on the board. And you're right; it's not just for sports. I mean, race guests now, when they sign up for SDN Sports, 
they have both sides. It's one wallet, and they've got all this at their fingertips for all the big races coming up as well. All right, Chuck. Have yourself a good week, and we'll talk to you uh, next Monday. All right, boy. Sounds great. Thank you. There he is. Uh, Chuck Esposito does a fantastic job for a long time uh, at the Station Casino Properties. All right, Marco. Uh not a great card on tap tonight. College basketball, obviously no NBA coming off the All-Star weekend here. But uh, I do like uh, the Houston Cougars. They're a team that uh, you know I am on quite a bit. And going into the Big 12 has not really phased them at all. Uh, they blasted Texas uh, go, uh, last Saturday. Now they come back. They stay at home. They got Iowa State coming in. I think it's a great spot for Houston here. Iowa State coming off uh, a very tough victory at home against Texas Tech a couple days ago. The number's eight, eight and a half. It still seems a little bit weird to me. I don't know about you. Uh as much as I like Houston, but they you know, they still are a, a team that has made that jump to the premier conference in college basketball, and that is the Big Twelve. But for the most part, they really haven't had much of a problem. And the line is up there at eight and a half tonight. I wanna lay it I'm trying to maybe be a little more conservative. Maybe I'll end up teasing it just for that cushion or a money line parlay, but with not a whole bunch of other options out there. I like Texas as well tonight. I think they will bounce back against K State, but uh, this Houston Cougar team, I don't know, you know, how you feel about, you know, them if that still kind of bothers you a little bit. Well, hey, they are still moving up in class. They are moving up in class, but this is a team that's tournament tested too. Uh, you know, they, they went deep last year. This is a good basketball team and there's an angle out there that I'll give you that's been winning at a very high percentage rate so far. Will it do the whole season, TC? Probably not. We'll see some aggression at, at some point, but when you get two ranked teams like you have tonight, they're number two and number six and you're laying a, the spread like they are. The home teams have been getting the money in those matchups. That's one angle that's been really good. The other angle that's been good is when you get a ranked team versus an unranked team, and the unranked team has been the favorite. That's been money as well, those two angles. So you only have a small board tonight. There's only one of those plays that apply, and that is Houston tonight laying the 8.5, ranked second to number 6, Iowa State. All right. All right. No, I, I do uh, do like the Cougs. It, I'm, I was a little bit worried about the letdown because that was such a big game for them, not only because they were at home, but having Texas come to Houston. We've never seen that before. And they were packed. They were amped up there in the Fertitta Center, uh, and they could have a little bit of a letdown. But the good thing is they stayed at home, and they know that Iowa State is coming in. But I like Iowa State – uh, that they won that game. I'm glad Iowa State won. So I like going against them. And again, they have not been a very good road team at all. So I'll probably end up laying it in some way, shame, uh, shape or fashion, whether it's a teaser variety or if it's, uh, you know, just laying the eight, eight and a half. But I see it seems like a lot of, you know, one way action is coming in on the Cougs. No question. And in the other game, and you happen to be wearing their uh, hoodie today, Texas is playing host to Kansas State. Um, the only concern I have on Texas tonight, that looks like an automatic bounce back game for them coming off the Houston. But for everything you just said, how big that game was and everything, you know, Texas lost that game. So sometimes you have a carryover after losing a big game. And if you look at who Texas has on deck, they're coming off Houston, ranked number two. 
They got Kansas up yep. next. You want to talk about a sandwich I know. spot? Yeah. So, you know, Beware, I, I'm huh? not, I'm not comfortable laying the points with yeah. Texas. Maybe, like you said, find a way maybe in, you know, the money line parlay or something, but I'm a little, little wary of laying the points with Texas. And the thing about it is, I mean, this for me, it'd be more of a play against K State the way they've been playing on they've the road. Been bad. They've been bad. So we'll see what happens. All right, my friend. Uh, appreciate you. Go to wagertalk.com. Get Marco's plays there. Subscribe. We know that Maui Jim is doing it. He's doing it every day. <laughs> I mean, he's watching your videos. He's bringing you gifts. I mean, how about that? You know, Maui Jim. Shout out to him. Yeah. <sighs> I don't think his name is Jim, though. It's just Maui. I, I don't know. Hey, he just keeps bringing us gifts. You have a boyfriend. You know that, don't you? Yeah, I guess he does have a man. You have a, what he's I got say? a man crush he's on Marco. Yeah. <laughs> Pretty soon we're going to be having the uh, the man crush Marco aboard. No, you should have saw Friday. He brings this <laughs> giant poster board for me, you know, and he brings TC this little wee bag. <laughs> TC's looking at like, what did I do? Finally, yeah. somebody's getting better comps than TC. You know what I got, though? I got a Super Bowl t-shirt. So did I. And, 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 and he, that's what that's what Maui gave me and, and some Brett Favre, uh, you know, uh, trading cards, whatever. And you know what Marco gets? He gets every ticket of the first 50 Super Bowls. Except there's one thing, though. Got devalued a little bit because it fell out of the frame and everything. Here's oh. Marco on the ground trying to put the thing together. <laughs> so I'm not sure who got the best of the deal, who got the worst of the deal, my friend. It's it's a it's a good poster. I got it. I got to get it a new frame. All right. Appreciate you, brother. We'll see you on Friday. Tomorrow, terrible Tuesday coming your way and a whole lot more. Go to the website, check it all out, tcmartinshow.com. As we're bringing it to you, the funk, the dunks, the logic, the truth, because it's all the way live and too cold.